Struggling to keep track of your story and world? Archivos is for you. More intuitive than a wiki, more extensible than Scrivener, Archivos builds your story bible into your personal, always-on tactical display. Graphical relationship charting, continuity tools, this thing has it all, with bonus options for fan engagement and real-time collaboration. Archivos. Story world management done right www.archivos.digital. That's www.archivos.digital. Welcome to the Everyday Novelist. My name is J. Daniel Sawyer, and I am your guide in this raucous journey of coping with the creative life. Fueled by your questions, we explore the trials and travails of productivity, discipline, art, and finances in the writing life. Welcome to The Questions, episode 1058. Today we hear from Ed, who asks, What is your advice for dealing with burnout? Don't burn out. Burnout sucks. Takes a while to recover from. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see Uh, you tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you've already reached burnout, here's what you should do. Chill out. You, I would actually like to hear you talk on this, because you've seen me do this two or three times, and I've done it two or three times, but I don't know if I'm really good at explaining how. Um, who? I would say, first of all, you, you need to take care of yourself. Um, Explain what you mean by that. Take care of your physical and mental health. Do something that changes the pace for you. Get more exercise. Get better exercise. Eat better food. Get some sleep. Do something that is restorative to you. Pick up a stupid hobby mm. or an interesting one. Do things that feed you mm-hmm. and restore your health. And then in addition to that, um, you know, make sure that you're getting art and fiction that is interesting to you. Whether yeah, And what, not just comforting. Yeah, not just comforting, but challenging in good ways that excite you, that interests you, um, go on a movie binge, watch all of the Kubrick films eight times. Um, not that I've ever done that. Or not that I've ever watched, say, for example, the entire DuckTales series twice in four days. Um, <laughs> read a pulp novelist that you've been interested in and never touched. Whatever it takes to it gets you taking in more. All right, so that's given me some ideas on how to explain. First of all, what, why does burnout happen? Burnout happens for one of two reasons. Either you have overrun your capacity for the thing that you are doing. Um, you, you've not been feeding the monster enough. You, you run to the end of what you've got to say in the case of writing. And that's kind of an important thing. And when you run to the end of what you've got to say, really the only thing you can do, if you can't just force the words to come and keep doing the same thing, the only thing you can do is do something that changes your consciousness, that gives you a fresh outlook on the world, that gives you more things to say. So anything you can do that will facilitate that, um, new music, New religion. I don't necessarily mean adopting a new religion. Studying one or reading its mythos might do the trick. Um, Classic literature. Anything that's lasted more than about 50 years is generally going to be really good because time filters Drek out. It's not that you can't find Drek that's 
that old that uh, has survived in the popular consciousness. But if it survives in the popular consciousness, it's somehow touching on something deep and universally human. And reading it with an open heart and an open mind allows it to change your consciousness in the kinds of ways that reignite the creative spark. Now, the other reason that people burn out is that they're not getting closed feedback loops. This can happen anytime you've got problems that you can't solve or that you can't solve in a short amount of time. Things where you're in a Kafka trap, things where um, you're helpless to fix the situation, anything that makes your chronic low-level stress ride a little higher without becoming acute emergencies-type stress. Acute emergency-type stress can stop you writing for a little bit, but it's actually really good for your creative process. It's the chronic stress that'll kill you. Acute stress forces a anti-fragile response. Chronic stress just grinds you down. In any chronic stress situation, it's your inability to close the loop that does the trick to, to grind you down. Now, what do I mean by that? Closing the loop is... When you do something and you see a result that you can understand. When you practice basketball, you shoot free throws, and every time that ball bounces or goes through the hoop, it's closing the loop. You're seeing the result of your action. If you're in a situation where you're doing too many projects that are too long-term, or where you're at the mercy of forces you can't control, the single best thing you can do is add... I'm assuming that you can't get rid of these things. Um, but even if you can, even if you can pare it down, that won't necessarily restart you. What you need to do is add in activities where the feedback loop closes fast. Any kind of physical hobby, leatherworking, blacksmithing, woodworking. Knitting. Knitting. Um, frankly, even hiking, especially if you're going to new places. Any kind of physical activity where you do something, you see a result. You what you what you what you have to do is you have to train your subconscious to expect that when you take an action, it will have an effect in the world that it can detect. That's what gives you the strength and endurance to do stuff that takes longer, um, like write a series of novels that runs over a million words that you're not publishing anything on until it's done. For example, not that I know anything about that. So you're, when it comes to your writing, particularly. Closing the loop can be things like making sure that you publish as soon as you can publish well, uh, so that you don't have a bunch of books hanging on the backlist that just, they're done, but they're not out. That can be really demoralizing. Writing short stories so that they're done and you send them out for um, submissions or you publish them or whatever. Having an alpha reader who you trust just to read the story, not to give you criticism but someone you can just hand it to that they'll read, maybe as it's in progress. When I'm really burned out, one of the things that happens is anytime I finish a chapter, I give it to Kitty. I'm not looking for feedback in an editorial sense. It just closes the loop. I've written something, someone's read it and had a reaction. I don't care what the reaction is. It's about keeping my subconscious trained in or retraining my subconscious to what I'm doing has an effect. And that makes it possible to con continue doing it. Anything you can do, either in your writing or in your life, that shortens feedback loops is going to reduce your stress. It's going to increase your creativity. It's going to make you kill the cats. 
It oh, is stupid hour for the cats. Stupid hour for the cats. Good God. It's going to um, enable your creativity. It's going to reduce your stress. It's going to increase your feelings of personal agency. And at the bottom, it's the erosion of the awareness of personal agency that creates burnout. Anything you can do to increase your sense of personal agency, aside perhaps from killing the people that annoy you and chopping up their bodies, that will increase your sense of personal agency. But, you know, people get annoyed when you do that. And it can cause problems. And they might put you away somewhere where they don't let you have writing implements because you could also use them to stab people. So you don't want to do that. Not that we'd know anything about that. But... (laughs) Shh. But you want to do whatever you can to increase your personal agency and as a matter of habit, everything you can do that will allow you to see and experience agency will attenuate, prevent, or help you recover from burnout. I would say the other reason that you can have burnout is that you simply are trying to do too much. Okay, that's true. Talk about that. Not that I'd know anything about that. Pretty much everybody who is is listening to Everyday Novelist, I think, is trying to start a writing career while maintaining a day job and or a family, but usually both. You have responsibilities to your family. You have responsibilities to your job. Sometimes those responsibilities take up a lot of your time. And more importantly, a lot of your emotional energy. And a lot of your emotional energy. And... The more of your time and energy are are taken up by the other responsibilities in your life, which may also include um, your church or a hobby group or a social group that, that you're a big participant in. It might be taking care of members of the community, pulling them out of ditches when during the snow and that sort <laughs> of thing. That's become such a meme already that I talked to someone, uh, to a listener from the podcast who's a personal friend earlier today, and I got razzed about pulling people out of ditches. <laughs> it was great. Like you, you have responsibilities in your life, including your writing, and sometimes you do not have enough of you to give 100% of you to all of the things that you are taking responsibility for. And that's exhausting. Yeah. And that reminds me of something else you can do, which is to cut out anodyne pleasures. Anytime you're under stress, I mean, the, the, the civilization... You, you need to explain the, yeah, the phrase Yeah, I'm, I'm going anodyne. to. I'm okay. going to. The civilization is bent this way because it's a really good way to make money off of people. And so there's economic incentives that push us all this way. Um, but any time that you're under a lot of stress, you're going to want to escape. You're going to want to do things that take your mind off things. Now, some of those things also expand your consciousness, like reading a good book. Some of them also restore your, um, your feeling of embodiment and your feeling of connection to the world, like having sex with your partner, like having a good meal with friends, like having good conversations. Then there's stuff that has a lot of short feedback loops and is really exciting, but actually sucks you in and kills your spirit. These are things like gaming, video games, gambling, surfing Twitter, anything that's designed by the gaming industry, which I hate to tell you, but social media is. They employ people, they employ psychological researchers from Las Vegas to help optimize the addictability of their platform. 
any of those things, they're designed to sort of shut down your higher brain and promote your lizard brain in a way that doesn't reconnect to your higher brain. Anytime that happens, what you wind up with is not stress reduction, just dopamine enhancement. So you wind up trapped in a world of gray. Now, there's a lot of things that can do that, not just gaming, and a lot of them are the things you'll run to for comfort. They can be healthy pleasures that you run to for comfort, but because you're hiding in them, they become soul-killing. So the things that are healthy that you want to hold on to that you do for comfort, you want to deliberately engage them in a way that brings your whole self to the picture, that opens up vulnerability, that allows you to actually be thrilled or hurt or um genuinely, uh, uh, what's the best way to put it? When you go to even a routine pleasure, like drinking your morning coffee, or doing the dishes, I mean, I, I know doing the dishes isn't exactly pleasurable, but finishing the dishes is pleasurable. Um, anytime... I, I know at least one person who really enjoys doing the dishes by hand mm -hmm. because it keeps her hands warm. But anytime you do something routine like that, you run the risk of having it be soul-killing rather than soul-expanding. But you can do these things in a way, practicing mindfulness, high-level engagement in the moment, that actually makes all the routine things restorative instead of drawdowny. And those pleasures which can be healthy if approached from the correct frame of mind, especially if they're ones that you really enjoy or that are really necessary to keeping you stable or part of your everyday life, you want to make sure to engage them with as open a self as possible, because then they can actually lift you up. If you engage them with a closed self, with an attitude of escape, what they do is they shut the world out. And they shut the world out in not in the sense of creating a halo around you that's sacred, but in the sense of dropping a curtain of gray over everything. And it's the curtain of gray you want to avoid, because that just increases the burnout. So that's what I've got. You got anything else? I, I think that's it. All right. Well, thank you very much, Ed. And we'll see you tomorrow. The Everyday Novelist is written and presented by J. Daniel Sawyer and Kitty Nakian, and is produced by Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. The text is copyright 2023 J. Daniel Sawyer, and the production is copyright 2023 Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license, and all other rights are reserved to the author. Join the conversation. Submit a question, leave a comment, or a creative death threat. Or find me at jdsawyeronminds.com or hit me at feedback at jdsawyer.net. We can't do it without you.